This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. It's time for the show that brings the magic right to your speakers. Ears up! I'm not entirely sure how any of these buttons work anymore. It's Ears Up Podcast, everyone. We're back in the studio after what feels like 10,000 years. Yeah. <laughs> and technology has advanced so much that nobody does podcasting like we do right now. And I'm trying to figure it all out. Every month, it's like the, it's kind of like that. It's the same kind of thing. It's like, oh, yeah, this button has to go first. Then you have to do this stupid thing. And then this other thing. Uh, you know, but hey, it, 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 30 or 40 minutes into the show, we hit our stride, and I think it's really great. Well, maybe we should consider doing uh, one show a week for now on. <laughs> Let's just consider it. <laughs> uh, no. Yeah, when can you do that? <laughs> uh, I can phone in. Right. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. <laughs> uh, uh, well, thanks for joining us today, everyone. I think we have a really good show. Actually, this is a show uh, that I have been planning, or that we have been planning here for kind of a long time, but we didn't really know how to pull it off um it, there's a there's a lot to it and uh we'll talk about it you know when, once we bring our guest on uh but if you remember a few shows ago our friend uh matt staley who is a figure finisher in disneyland uh he was on the show to talk about their uh the uh, disney i think it was the figure finishing department mm-hmm. but i'm sure he'll correct me if i'm wrong uh created the uh environ man uh, the little sculpture for the uh, Disney recycling program or whatever the heck right. it was. Uh, and that was at, at DCA, and he called up to kind of promote that and, and, and really just direct people over there and uh, essentially plug the fact that Disney does these kind of little artistic endeavors uh, within the uh, w- within the park, but, you know, behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so he agreed finally to come back on to talk about his job, which is infinitely more interesting than recycling. Uh, I'll just, I'll, you know... <laughs> Uh, look, I love Mother Earth, but, uh, yeah, what do you, you know, the three R's and then that's it. Three, reduce, reuse, reduce and recycle. repeat or something like that. Reduce, reuse, recycle. Mm, uh, that, I check your source material. Recycle, reduce, reuse. Yeah, that's what I knew. I know that one. There's even a song. Wasn't it, I think, wasn't it, um, Definitely a song. Captain Planet or something? I think that's Captain right. Captain Planet! Yes. Man, the worst cartoon ever. Oh, yeah. so bad. Really? Yeah. You liked that one? Yeah. With the rings? I thought you were going for a fist bump. No. Like we didn't agree on it. But okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love oh, that. Oh, this is the information? Yeah. Pound it. Yeah, right. Pound it. No, I was, I was putting my power ring. What is it? I forget oh, what it was I'm called. I'm so confused But right the ring, you put, they all put their rings together in the middle, and it did something. What did they do? I think do? it cleaned the planet or something. Yeah, over over the Exxon Valdez, they just they got together and (laughs) power ringed, and all the oil sucked up back into the tanker and was all repaired. Yeah, they were really cool people. They were really cool people. Shot out of their rings. (laughs) (laughs) Busted all up, dude. Goodness. Goodness. Anyways, so we have Matt Staley here, and I'm calling the show "How to Be a Figure Finisher," uh, but I really should just call it "How to Replace Matt Staley at Disneyland." (laughs) Anyway, oh, he just hung up. 
All right. All right. Bye, Matt. Thanks a lot. <laughs> uh, anyway, you can find us on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, all that. Do we do me a favor and close the door because those people in the office what? are talking and screaming and yelping with this beard. <laughs> They're yelping. Look at that beard guy sitting there. Hey, your computer. <clears throat> I'm not even going to turn. I'm not even going to turn that mic on, Please Kevin. Don't. I don't trust you. <laughs> I don't trust you. Clean podcast. Uh, tune in, uh, Stitcher, all that kind of stuff. I really like Stitcher, man. I, the more and more I use Stitcher, the the less and less I use iTunes, which I really never used iTunes, but I really like Stitcher, and I want you to like it too. Uh, the <laughs> app is very robust. Oh. Yeah. We're also on social media, sort of, off and on. Uh, Facebook, we're on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Pinterest. Pinterest. Beth has a Pinterest going. Has the ears at Pinterest. I like it. I, I don't know what it is. Yeah. Mm. It's very great. interesting. All right, great. Uh, send feedback to Taryn at earsup-podcast.com. Any compliments, go to Terrence. You can say hi Hello. to Bev. And anything else comes to Jason at earsup-podcast.com. Uh, don't forget to check out our blog. We have cool Disney info, like our, our animated classics review. Finally, we got another one up there. Terrence covered Bambi. Yeah. Wow, it sounded like you said Taryn covered Bambi. I was like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said too. Uh, yeah, he, yeah, he sat yeah. there and watched Bambi uh, with his kids. <laughs> kind of. You sound uh, so depressed about it. That was. Uh, well, read I, just read the blog. Just read the blog. Just read the blog, and you'll, yeah. you'll and find out how many minutes his kid lasted. Oh my goodness! Let's find out how many times Terrence cried in that film. <laughs> no, Terrence I, just doesn't cry. He either sobs or bawls. Yeah. Or weeps. That's or true. Weeps. He doesn't just simply cry. I was crying. I was bawling. It's actually true. Like I, I never get the one tier. No, really? it's all or I nothing. I just, I honestly don't believe you. Uh, I, I want to. <laughs> no, dude. But I've, I've seen it. Yes, really? It happens a lot. So, like, okay, so like, legitimate. Listen. No. Yeah. So, so okay. Yeah. So when so you fine. texted me when we got engaged and you yeah. said I'm bawling right now. You were serious. I was serious. Quiver, like my my phone was wet. Quivering lip. Your phone was wet yes. from your wow. from the tears. Yes. Oh, jeez. I'm, wow. I'm an emotional guy, and, you know, and when I when yeah. I yeah, I, I think mind. maybe I you need to get your emotions out. Um, maybe you need to get your emotions out a little more often. Yeah, a little bit more often, so they don't come out in streams. <laughs> your eye sockets. <laughs> My eye sockets. So I don't leak all the time. Yeah. yeah. I'm leaking. <laughs> uh, anyway, you can support Ears Up. Uh, great radio like this, of course. Uh, like this in every show. Via our Amazon link. Do your Amazon shopping through our link. It's on our homepage. Uh, if you go through it, and then, if you're not ready to go Amazon shopping yet, but, you know, whatever, um, click on the link and then bookmark the landing page, and that saves our little you know, URL tag or whatever. So then every time you go back, you can just... Make sure that you're always on our Amazon page, and it helps us out. It actually really does. We're starting to uh, expand a little more. I had to uh, purchase yet another j- chunk, giant segment of server space because wow. we've been we've been crushing it. We've uh, we, I think we bring – you guys are downloading like 220 gigs of radio or 200 gigs of radio uh, a month. <laughs> That's a lot. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. It's crazy. It's a crazy amount. It's a crazy. I mean, and you know, when I upload the shows, I don't compress them too much. Right. Right. Um, They're at 48k bps or Mm -hmm. whatever the numbers mean. I don't know, but uh, I try to go down to 40, and it just sounds real tinny and weird. Mm -hmm. You want to? You want the deep bass of my voice in your ears? Um, Is that what that was? Yeah. Sure. Yes, it is. (laughs) <laughs> sound like I have an inner ear oh, like voice modulation. <laughs> sound like my my inner ear claps. I don't know. I can't understand what I'm saying. You sound great. <laughs> Thank you. But anyway, so I just uh, wanted to appreciate you guys for doing that, and uh, the the Amazon uh, thing you know helps out a lot. 
Also, reoccurring donations, you can make those from our website. Uh, one-time donations, you can do that, too. Buy Cove Ears. We've been expanding the Cove Ears selection over there on getcoveears.com, so go ahead and check that stuff out. Um, you can support our friends. We have friends of the show. This is usually where I get really complicated and tell you how to go buy a Lulu Gumshoes shirt. Uh, but don't worry about it. Go to earsup-podcast.com, uh, and then there's a About Us, and then Friends of Ears Up. And that is uh, an incomplete list of all of our friends and Lulu Gumshoes there. Push Eject is there. His Etsy shop is linked there. Our good, close, personal friend, uh, Spectro Jeremy, is up there. And you can find his website there. And, uh, of course, Kanye. My nephew Kanye is oh, up there. Kanye. Um, I think Kanye and I are going to we're going to start a podcast. We're going to do a podcast about cosplay. Really? Yeah, I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be hugely successful, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I, think I think so, so too. too. I think so, too. Um, I'm wearing a Lulu shirt, actually. That's mm-hmm. the only camera that's on? Yep. Yep. I don't know if you can see it. <laughs> see, it's a thing. They can't probably see it. No, they can. Yeah, they'd they be can. able to see that. No, they yeah, saw they it? see that. Okay, good. I mean, not yet because there's a delay, but that's going to happen. Okay, yeah. cool. Awesome. <laughs> good. Okay. Uh, Taryn, let's do some feedback, please. Okay, we've got a couple, and they're a little bit long, but they're from the same person, and I think they're important. Okay. Uh, How long is kind of long? Because that always scares me when you say that. It's fine. That. Don't worry about it. I'm okay. going to read fast. All right. <laughs> These are from Angela. Uh, hi, Ears Up Gang. But don't read too fast because then we can't understand you. I'm crazy about your show. Okay. Um, I'm crazy about your show. I listen to it while I'm at work. Slower, and, please. And it makes me feel Slower. like I'm, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I listen to it while I'm at work, and it makes me feel like I'm talking um, with my friends about the parks. It's a great way to fill the void between my park trips. Something I notice a lot of your listeners say in feedback. I have to say, I absolutely love Taryn's thanks. Oh, thank you. Uh, especially how she starts everyone with so or well. Yeah. <laughs> and Terrence, yeah, trust me. <clears throat> I know. And Terrence is eventually booming laugh. Um, I think the, the same way sometimes, Terrence, so, so you are not alone. I also love the history shows. I learned so much about The Little Mermaid and Indiana Jones. I live in San Diego, so a quick one, one and a half to two hour car drive to the parks. My mother and I uh, used to go twice a month when we had our annual passes. Um, and I recently listened to your show about the pros and cons of the passes. And I have to say, I am I am mostly in agreement with everything you guys said. But what Bev, I think she said it, said, getting rid of the SoCal passes, just because I'm from SoCal, I say no. <laughs> but totally understand why she said it. Uh, not sh- oh, oh. Uh, not sure your listeners were aware, though. Told you to uh, slow down. Can't be too fast. But all active and retired vets can get dis- discounted tickets on their bases. My boyfriend is an active Marine and surprised me with three-day uh, park hopper tickets for us. For $8. <laughs> yeah. They're not much cheaper than those sold at the parks, but it's worth a look. Yeah, for sure. It should be a lot cheaper, to be, be honest free. with you. It really should it be. It should be free. Yeah, thanks for uh, risking your life for me. Go I would honestly land on, on feel us. a lot better about how expensive it is to go in the park if it was free for vets. Absolutely. Yeah. If, it was, if it was helping out with that cost. Mm-hmm. Totally. Anyway. Um, we went last week, and it was my first visit in a long, uh, in longer than I'd like to say, and I tried my best to look out and pay attention to things you guys have pointed out on the show. The windows on Main Street, Mr. Limpet, and the, uh, in the Little Mermaid ride, uh, the Eeyore sign in Indiana Jones. I tried looking for Velvis, which, by the way... Oh, the v- Velvis. Velvis. Great Velvis. Velvis. I know. Yeah. She totally coined a term for Brilliant. us. Thanks. Um, I tried looking for Velvis in the Haunted Mansion, but couldn't find it. I think it's only, only Christmas. Yeah, yeah, it's only Christmas, so that's why. Ha- ha- Halloween Christmas. <laughs> Halloween. Yeah. Halloween miss. Halloween sure. miss. Uh, my mom is a huge craft beer lover, so I'm trying to turn her onto the show so she can listen to your talks with Mouse Brew. Cool. Um, 
Uh, all in all, your show has heightened my experiences in the park. Um, I considered myself somewhat of a Disney aficionado, so I went into your show thinking I was only going to hear things that I already knew, which I have, not to brag. But <laughs> <laughs> I have learned a lot from your show, so thank you so much for putting some laughter and magic into my otherwise mundane days. Uh, if I ever make my way up to the Bay Area, I would love to be on the show and share some of my knowledge and, and love of the parks with such fun people. No. Have a great day, guys. Never. Sorry this letter was so long. I rambled because there's so much good things to say. <laughs> uh, that's from Angela. And then she wrote back because um, she, I asked her. She, she told me she was going to the park, and I said, hey, let us know how the park is. So here's here's how the park was on the 6th of – Well, we got some schmutz I do? on the other side of your face. I don't know what it is, but I can't stop looking oh, at it. Oh, it's this. Oh, the headphone, headphone flakiness. Stuff. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, please. Um, Hi, guys. I wanted to let you know how the park is running right now. My mom and I went Monday, uh, uh, June 6th, to the parks, arrived at about 9.15, and lines for the bag check outside the main plaza reached just past Geyser Water Fountain in front of La Brea Bakery. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Unfortunate. Not a great sign. (laughs) Um, I kind of edited, and she told me I could because it was very long. Um, so th- at this point, they headed into... You can just leave that information out if you want. Okay, well, I didn't. <laughs> okay. Um, they headed into DCA and uh, at first, and then they ended up passing on both Toy Story and Soren due to 45-plus minute waits. Yeah, good. Boy. Good idea. Um, we later... Uh, or we found out while waiting for Haunted Mansion Fast Passes, the uh, the wait line was 60 minutes. Oh, um, <laughs> that's how you know that. Remember, we Didn't said I that. Did I send that's, you a picture of that? I was like, yeah. I, I think I sent a picture on that exact day, and I was like, this Maybe. might be the most unhappy place on oh. earth right now. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's that's our like internal marker for how like if the park is too busy, you know that because Haunted Mansion has fast pass and sixty minute wait. Yeah, like that's or Pirates go, has go like the extend the line. Yeah. Totally. Right. Yeah. right. yeah. So she said that uh, basically. She got these fast passes, and and while they were waiting for the fast passes, they found out that at least four different high school grad nights were going on later that day. (laughs) So there were scores of unsupervised teenagers roaming the park. Scores, I see. Yeah. It became clear how bad it uh, it was while going down the elevator in the mansion. Usually in my experiences, people get a little quieter while the ghost host narrates um, when we see the hanging skeleton from the ceiling. Instead, once the lights went down, the teenagers all started screaming and yelling, drowning out any other noise other than themselves. Um, it didn't get better in the Doom Buggy. The ride stopped four times before we even hit the dining room area. Oh man! And I could see oh. almost, <laughs> yeah. And I could see almost every other Doom Buggy with all kinds of phones, bright flashes going off. And I knew, oh. and I know that uh, that usually causes the ride to pause. And throughout the ride, they all tried talking to each other in different buggies, shouting across the ride, oh, making it almost ew. unbearable. I would have done that too, though, when I was fifteen I or did whatever. That oh, when yeah. I was that For age sure. old. <laughs> You for, have for to. For grad night? Absolutely. Yeah. We tore up Disneyland. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. We did. So after Mansion, they passed on Pirates, which line wrapped around the bridge to the French Market. Then they passed mm-hmm. on Tomorrowland altogether because the entrance basically looked like the last part of Autopia. Dead stopped traffic in the small <laughs> bottleneck in front of Astro Blasters. Wow. It was backed up almost to the Plaza Inn entrance. Um, they did go to the main gate, and they were able to check out the Lily Bell because the trains aren't running. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they took a lot of pictures, and they had fun there. Um, they did say that they went back to DCA, where the wait for Cove Bar was an estimated 35 minutes, but the line moved yeah. much faster. That's not bad. Um, and they got a seat at the bar in about 20 minutes. Uh, she ordered the Mickey's Fun Wheel, which is no longer listed on the menu, so you have to ask the bartender, and some lobster nachos. And she says, and I have to say, it's 100% worth the wait. If any of your listeners are ever hesitant about the wait, do it. It won't be disappointing. I'm actually surprised the Cove Bar had that short of a line. Well, I th- I, yeah, and, and thinking they about can't it, go. it's yeah, yes, the chaperones. It's, that's where I would be if oh, I was yeah. chaperoned yeah, sure. But how many chaperones do you have? 
for uh, sco- per score uh, of teenagers, per right? Score, yeah. I'm not so sure. Like, per like score. maybe two adults I'm per sh- twenty teenagers. Yeah, I'm not sure what the chaperone to score ratio is. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I think that that's probably you know what it was. And you that probably can't be drinking. You're trying to like wrangle kids. But what do what do chaperones do? Like, bro, make sure every two hours meet me at the Golden Horseshoe, bro. For real, yeah. when when I went, this was oh ninety eight. This yeah. was before. Uh, now you're old, man. California yeah, Adventure even existed. <laughs> it really is. Um, but um, we saw our chaperones when we got off the bus to go to Disneyland. And when we got back to the hotel, that's what I mean. Like, why yeah. even? So the, the chaperones are there for the evening time, I guess. The chaperones were there for the to to make a parent feel as though their kids safe. <laughs> the <laughs> chaperones really there just to make sure at the beginning, at the end of the ride, all the kids get back on the bus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they're the they're the head count. Sorry, okay. oh, okay. sorry, sorry uh, we're almost done. Um, but my favorite part of this whole email is that if you remember at the beginning of their day, they checked Soren and they passed. Mm-hmm. Well, at this point in the day, they they head to Soren and it was closed. <laughs> Uh, but the fast pass that they had gotten uh, would be honored um, as it would be back when it would be back up and running. So they went and did some other stuff. Then they headed back to Soren. They loved that ride, um, like everyone does. She says <laughs> that was funny. Um, but the uh, orange scent and the pine scents in the ride they were not working, so they smelled nothing. So after all of this, trying to go on this ride that they loved didn't work. Um, hmm. I don't know. So after that, uh, before leaving the park, they ran into Francisco. Uh, which is one of the more famous Disneyland cats. Oh. And she she de- she decided to call him Bear because he lives in Grizzly Grizzly Peak area. Okay. Which I thought was cute. Um. Uh. She said basically, hope this is a good status update on the park since schools are out and summer is upon us. I'll probably not be visiting the parks again <laughs> until the fall. Right. Um. And another heads up, I learned with some research that there are grad nights scheduled pretty much every day through June seventeenth, so plan accordingly. Mm-hmm. Good. Good stuff. I mean, that was a couple days ago, so it doesn't matter anymore. But. Right. At least you know for next year. With grad, with grad yeah. nights, um, I had a coworker that just went with her twins that just graduated, and she said that they're twin, th- twin, twin, twenty, twin, twins. So that um, you have park hoppers, but I think from like ten to two, they shove all of the people for grad night over in DCA, and they yeah. have DCA to themselves. Yeah, so, I think you're right. Yeah, so I wonder if they get rides and stuff. Like, does the park stay open? Yeah, it's open. Oh, like, really? It's, it's open and functioning for them. So, okay, yeah. that's cool. So it's just it's like their own private thing that they have going on. Own private at home. What's up, Greg? That's cool. Hi, guys. Gloves is joining us. This I'll, is Greg. I'll turn your mic on. If if you decide to grab one, grab that one and don't talk too too close to it because the pop filters are missing. Yeah. This thing. Uh, a, little a little bit, bit a little bit more than closer. that. Yeah. Like that? A little you know, bit closer than that. Just not like on it like you usually do. The pine and the orange scents weren't working either. Really? Yeah. It was like early May, early when did I go? Early May. Hmm. That's weird. It's going to be May. All right, Taryn, are you ready for this? Uh, what? Oh. <laughs> Could not imagine a better intro. Oh, wait, I, I'm sorry. Hold on. We didn't hear the actual, like... I had a panic attack that, like, it was my show, and I didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> the history of the... Taryn stinks. No. Maybe. <laughs> I was thinking about it the other day, and why is it that cars don't have patterns? Like, 
like everything else in life, like a phone or your computer could have a pattern. Like why don't why aren't cars polka dots and stripes and oh, and paisley and checkers? Like isn't it weird? Because it would also make it a lot easier to find somebody on the freeway. Like if you were a policeman and you had to call nine one one and you're like, oh, you know, I think that there's a drunk driver. Okay, well, what does the car look like? Right now we go, oh, well, it's black. Well, or you could go, oh, it's the it's the pink with the purple polka dots. Done. Arrested. Safer society. Oh, my God. Don't you think? I love her. No. Well, Do you I... want her? <laughs> can we her. trade? Yes. You okay. can have Sam. Okay. <laughs> I like that trade. <laughs> I win. You, me, and Abby. Yes. <laughs> no? No one? It really does sound like Taryn stinks. <laughs> Would it have to be? Oh, never mind. Just go ahead. Do it. Have you ever seen that person who had like the beat up car and they decided to get the yeah. spray paint and and make their car custom? It's terrible. Yeah. That's why <laughs> no. cars don't look like that. But if if they were custom done and you bought it like that, I don't think it would look terrible. You were, would you want to buy a, a pink and purple plaid car? Look, we're not talking about what I want. I'm just wondering. I think a lot of people would want. Sam had a brown Datsun years and years ago, and he spray-painted silver flames on the side of it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just boy. surprised at all. No, they actually have those. They have uh, vehicle wraps. I've seen a Denali with, like, Louis Vuitton, fake Louis Vuitton on the side. Nice. You know the entire fake? thing done that way. I'm just kind of surprised <laughs> that there isn't, like, some car manufacturer that, that doesn't just have it standard. For like teenagers getting their first car or something. Go to Dubai. Like you, you know when you go and you buy like a car. Skin. Yeah, and you're like looking at your skin. book of, yeah. of colors, and like I'm surprised that those aren't options. Are you really that surprised? I really, honestly, am. So think, I, this you, isn't okay. a new thing. No, I know, I know. So think about it. Think about it. If you, you're going to buy your first used car, and the only options <laughs> on the lot are pink paisley, some weird tartan, yeah, or black. What are you really going to do? You know what I mean? No one wants to drive to, to their, like, first day of a senior in high school with a brand new car, used car, that looks <laughs> like a Scottish person's nightmare. <laughs> well, no, okay. My point is not to implement this now. My point is oh, that... Oh, you have a rollout plan. No, 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 no. Look, no, it's not even that I want this to happen. It's that I'm just surprised that this isn't just normal. Like, everybody has a different phone case. I'm surprised everybody no, no. doesn't have a different car. I, I understand, but, but but the question is, would you would you buy would you buy a, a no? A, I would not. Right. So you are pretty much the majority of people. <laughs> um, as Bev, you told Bev to shut up as she's showing you her black case. For I have her a phone. feeling if Sam <laughs> not patterned at all. Who has a patterned? Phone I bet case. Terrence does. No, oh, I, had a, I don't. It's not pattern. My phone used to be, my, my Great, used to be floral. Black. black. Right. Sam is black. Mine is the people mover. Yeah, see, you have a thing. But but I'd, you have, have, I'd rather have a people mover colored car. But Terrence would drive. <laughs> but would. what if you, you could? Drive. I would a have mover. a people mover vehicle. He, he can. Oh, that's an even actually, better idea. <laughs> if you could skin your car to look like your favorite Disneyland ride... You would do it. Oh, Mr. Terrence? Wild Ride? Even Eric's You're on to something. Uh, You're like, on to something, ma'am. Eric's walking behind you, like, looking on the floor uh, for the screws uh, that you dropped. Uh, 
Oh my goodness! Yeah, I would do that. This just turned into a whole new thing. Matterhorn bobsled-looking car. Yeah, I would rock that in a heartbeat. A dune buggy. Where would you fit your kids? You'd have to get out with your holding your back. The same size. It has to. It will look like it. Yeah, it's yeah. Just a, it's just a skin. It's a skin for the car. Oh. Just Dumbo going down. Yeah. You can do that. It's you can do that. Oh, it's, that is it's, true. You can. It's, true. It costs like two grand, but you can do it. So then maybe this isn't a bad idea. Good job, Karen. <laughs> let's not say that. Sorry, Becca. <laughs> All right, let's get let's get our good friend Matt Staley on the phone here. Uh, Matthew, are you with us? I think I am. Yeah. Yes, you are. Yes. How you doing, man? Well, Good. What's up, guys? Hey. Not much. Just talk to you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're just hanging out, you know, talking about cars. <laughs> it's what yeah, anybody that, really does. That, yeah, that's definitely the most confusing segment. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. So, so you are, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get into all your stuff later. But I just want to let's fast forward a little bit. You are uh, kind of a Disney park uh amateur historian if i will you, you really like the park you like the park history do you know if at any point designing autopia walt was like you know what we need to do <laughs> polka dots and then people were like dude that's crazy they're actually working on a technology now where you walk up to the the ride and um the the uh, they have these little. It's like fat, the uh, Ma- My Magic Plus, that kind of thing. Yeah. And it scans your your uh, your browser history on your phone, <laughs> and the okay. most recent uh, high res images that you were looking at, it maps that onto the surface. <laughs> <of the card. laughs> wow, I shouldn't. Uh, I shouldn't so maybe never Walt go there. didn't think of it, but we're getting there, and just watch what you've been looking at on uh, on that phone. Because uh, it might wind up on the hood of your on the hood of your car. <laughs> well, you know they have the um, the what the the Chevy race track, the test track or whatever in Disney World. That's and right. There yeah. you can design your own car. And you remember the the yeah. monstrosity that I designed. But my point is, if everyone no, was no, doing it, but I'm engaging you right yeah. now in a bit. You, do you remember that monstrosity yeah. that I designed with like the hot pink? Yeah, it was and bad. The fl- You're right. Nobody's ever going to actually buy that. And so I think that's where your concept is great. If So let's contact <laughs> Disney World in the test track and say, yeah. you know what you guys need for options is polka dots and paisley, which I think they have. I don't know. Awesome. Anyway, sorry about that, Matt. <laughs> we, had to, we had to clarify a couple things here, but you know. You know, Walt, Walt was limited by the technology of his day. <laughs> he you really know? was. So we, can't say he, we, we can't say he wouldn't have thought of this, right? Right. He certainly would have been on it before all of us had the technology existed then. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> that's a safe That's a safe uh, point to make, and I appreciate that. Thank you. All right, Matt. So let's jump into your interview here, my friend, because, uh, you know, like I said in the intro, I've honestly been looking forward to this for a long time. I just uh, I think it, it has taken us this long to get here for a reason. Um, I think we can actually finally navigate the complexities and the workings that is your job at Disneyland. Well, yeah, and let me say this before we get started. Um, I think what kind of broke the ice on this was that Iron Man thing, and I um, uh, we won, which is cool. Yes, but, um, nice. Also, when they were telling us how we won, they told us that over 2,000 cast voted in that competition. Wow. And over 3,000 guests. Oh, geez. Wow. So I thought when they put the stuff out, it was like in Redwood Creek Challenge Trail. Mo- most people without kids don't even know what that is. <laughs> right. And right. then even then it was kind of hidden in the back of it. Um, I went with my kids to force them to vote for Iron Man. <laughs> and, uh, 
they, they, the cast there was really into it and they were getting people involved and, you know, they were getting a lot of people to vote. So it wound up being a really fun thing and I hope some listeners got out and voted for it. But anyways, it's really cool that that kind of finally got us talking on the radio. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Uh, so before we get too far afield, uh, what exactly, what's your, your job title? What would you say you do there? I, um, I am a figure finisher. You said that earlier. Okay. And then the, the, uh, the other weird uh, nomer for me is that I am a plasterer. That's the union that I'm in. So um, Walt, when they were building the park, he said that all the labor there would be union labor. And so the weird stuff that we do, which also uh, encompasses like Hollywood special effects and that kind of thing, the unions that deal with that are all plasterer unions, which hmm. means like – rock work and um concrete and plaster so long ago that was the you know the union that they kind of shoehorned everybody into okay so yeah there's that as well <laughs> but <laughs> okay. figure finishing that. what that is is kind of all of the outside elements of the figure the the skin the hair, the um, all of the body elements, everything outside of the actual mechanical workings, which we do have that in my department as well. Um, we have animation machinists and animation sound techs, and our department also includes painters. So they've they've split painting off from figure finishing, even though that's in Hollywood that would be one and the same. Okay. Uh, and and your so your department is figure finishing. You're in the figure finishing department, but you're yes. clustered under the plasters, and you have all sorts of people. So you kind of all work as a team to work on the same the same thing. You work in the same building, I imagine. Backstage? Yeah, yeah. Okay. We take care of anything that moves in the park. We have ten figure finishers, uh, almost ten machinists, um, one sound mechanic that's r- responsible for um, the kind of interfacing of all of the show control with the figures and we have five painters wow that seems like a lot but i guess and so i'm trying to think about now uh, just doing a quick a quick run through in my head about all the things that move in the park and either it simultaneously sounds like not enough people and too many people right (laughs) yeah when you figure that um small world alone has over a hundred individual figures and all of them need to be you know seen to mechanically and costumed and painted and wow you know is that a full-time job in and of itself do you have one guy who just runs small world he's like this is my world get out (laughs) we we do have local teams of um mechanical guys that see to um different areas of the park so if they're seeing problems that they'll take care of them mechanically and then they'll call them into us figure finishers to go out and repair problems or or you know touch up paint and things like that and then also i should say that costuming and what's called hair and makeup so like the wigs and the eyelashes and all that that's handled by separate groups as well so there are a lot of cooks in the kitchen when it comes to taking care of all this stuff and i can imagine with it with a with a joint as big as disneyland Mm. i almost called it disney world almost blasphemed um, How dare you? I know, right? Uh, I can imagine that that all gets very complex, and like who does what, and 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 how quickly, and how quickly the information is, you know, uh, spread. Because I, I I would I would imagine um, that there's a lot of bureaucracy behind the scenes. About who yeah, does what. there's also since you, since all of this is union labor for the most part, you have. Um, 
some stepping on toes occasionally as well. Like the um, the, the Jungle Cruise was being worked on extensive recently. Yeah. Uh, and um, they right before we opened, there was this snafu of Trader Sam. Um, we needed to go out and put the shrunken heads with him, right? He's got to have those shrunken heads. Yeah. So um, there was this funny, like everyone's scratching their head problem of there, there's a different department called the decorating department, and they do a lot of the windows in the park, and they do a lot of the propping. It, you know, it, the the set work in most of the rides is propped by deco, but when it comes to a prop that a figure is holding, that's usually animation. That's us. So there okay. was this funny thing with the Trader Sam where it was like, I don't know, does Deco do it or do we do it and who's going to go put the heads out there? So I wound up like hours before the ride opened running out there and like tying a bunch of shrunken heads onto Trader Sam. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the, it, it's bureaucratic, but it's kind of in a hilarious way where we, we step back every once in a while and kind of say like, that's that's kind of funny. We were just having this big argument about shrunken heads. Um, <laughs> yeah, the absurdity of it all. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> it's wacky at times. Well, I guess it has to be uh, kind of bureaucratic because it's I mean it's a giant company. It's a billion. It's a a company that rakes in billions of dollars and then turns around and spends billions of dollars. Yeah, there has to be some I sort heard, of. Uh, and I've I've been with the company for over ten years now, so these numbers are probably pretty old. But like during peak seasons in the summer, it was like over twenty thousand employees, and I I think Jeez. that now it's much bigger than that. Even so, you know. Makes the head spin. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot of people, man. That's a lot of folks. So what's no. the – okay. So starting with the skins and stuff like that, um, how does something like that get addressed? So let's say in Pirates, uh, one of the skins uh, cracks, like uh, I don't know, the one of the pigs that's moving around, right, uh, you know, gets uh, – the skin gets cracked and just worn over time on that joint. Um, what happens? How do how – do, how do, take us through that process if you could, please. Well, we, we get feedback from anyone from those local teams that I was talking about to um, the ops, the operations people who, who run the ride. They're the ones that you're dealing with when you're loading onto the vehicles and all that. Oh, yeah, the one with um, the funny they, jokes. They ride through. And <laughs> say again, oh, yeah, and, and even for us, too. They're they're very particular and um, they'll you know they're they don't hesitate to point things out and then we also go out and do show checks and Imagineering does that as well. Okay. Um. So we ha- you have a lot of lines of communication of people saying hey this needs to be looked at and and um, so we'll early in the morning we have a crew that starts at 3 a.m. and we also have a crew that starts at 5 a.m. Um, and we'll go out and. You know, see to it, do do whatever repairs we need to do, and then it's typically, you know, it needs to be addressed in stages. So the machinist, the the mechanical guys will look at it, and then the figure finisher, plasterer guys, and then the painters. So there's kind of this succession of people okay. getting after things. So so if if something is torn, if a skin is torn, does the do the mechanical folks look at it first to make sure it's not a mechanical issue? Well, what, yeah, what might happen is, um, yeah, sometimes mechanically something might be up or um, all of these – most of these figures have, uh, you know, kind of the the mechanical parts on the inside and then sort of a plastic body or maybe fiberglass on the outside and the, and then the skin on the outside of that. So sometimes the, the fiberglass will be – um, rubbing in an undesirable way, and, and we have to make some modifications. So a lot of these things, even when they're brand new attractions, 
we will encounter these funny issues as the figures kind of settle in and do their thing. Um, and that's, that's actually kind of one of the more, um, interesting aspects of the job to me is finding those issues and how do you solve them and, and then, um, giving feedback to Imagineering or whoever to incorporate those changes in future, uh, figures. When, when the Little Mermaid attraction, um, debuted at our park, it had some what we call settling in issues. Hmm. And we communicated that to the WDI and then they incorporated those changes in the figures for Florida. So it was kind of this fun thing where even though we weren't working directly with them, the, the things we were working on and finding out were having an effect on, you know, figures down the line. So it's kind of a nice relationship that way. You would think that by now, and this isn't a, a slam or anything, I just, it, it just, you know, having obviously not worked in that industry, it's kind of interesting that, that, it would be a known um, that if a figure's moving this way, you're going to have a crack on the seam here or here, and you can kind of engineer a character to, to not have that. Is, that. is that accurate, or is it kind of just it honestly depends on the shape of the character and the movement that they're doing and maybe even the clothes that they're wearing to determine how, how quickly it wears out? Yeah, it depends. Um, you know, back in the day, kind of in, in Walt's era, like if you think um, – uh, Pirates of the Caribbean and um, uh, Haunted Mansion, you have very standardized figures that do a lot of the same things. They they incorporate a lot of the same parts. And even when it comes to the skins, you have different faces being used on different fi- – or sorry, the same face being used on different figures. Right. Um, so things are very standardized. Yeah. And um, – more and more we've gotten away from that uh, for the show, right? You don't want to notice that, oh, my gosh, that guy's got the same face as that guy. Right, yeah, um, for sure. And so now, especially with, you know, 3D printing and, and that the uh, the motion systems for these figures are getting away from um, air power and hydraulic power and more towards electric motors, mm-hmm. that um, – Things are becoming extremely individual and customized so that um, the guys are experts. They're artists and and they they do everything they can. But for as fast as they have to design and build and install a figure, there's something that you didn't think of, you know. And so there's there's some issues that we receive and, and do our best to. You know, make sure that the guests don't ever have to deal with it with their eyes, right? Right, right. So yeah. the electric motor is essentially replacing the hydraulics, so you so the movements can be more minute and, and lend more life to characters, or is it is it m- much more of a of a, of a less artistic <laughs> choice to to move to that, like a sound issue or whatever? Um, they do. Well, it's it's two things. I would say that the um, mo- the electric motors have come a long way um, in the past. I, I, I'm out of my element here, so I'll say five to ten years, but I really don't know. <laughs> okay. um, the mo- I know that electric motors ha- are suddenly so widely available and so strong and so precise that um, they're they're very attractive. But also with hydraulics, especially, you have huge maintenance issues where. Um, Hopefully no one's ever experienced this, but if a hydraulic uh, 
actuator uh, fails, it blows a bunch of oil into the figure and all Ooh. over the set and everything slumps over and maybe everything in that area slumps over because you have this big loss in pressure. It, it's a nightmare for skins and costumes and everything else. So it really affects the show for all these different groups and getting to motors gets us all out of that, right? Right. There, um, yeah. So but both and, really. Okay. All right. So, okay, so you've gotten a call, and maintenance has checked out of a figure. Yeah. That wasn't me. Oh, that was Matt. That was Matt. That was okay. me. I laugh like that. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently you laugh like me. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, okay, so then you go out there, and there's a there's a tear, let's say, in the, the pig leg in, in Pirates. What do you do? Do you pull the, the, the do you pull the whole thing? What what happens? Yeah, um, in in an instance that like you're talking about, we would go out there and, and perform some work uh, on site. Um, we also do rehab work where if it's a more sensitive figure, there are some figures that are um, referred to as show critical. Um, consider the auction scene in Pirates of the Caribbean mm-hmm. with the auctioneer. If he's not working. Um, if the, uh, 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 heavy woman isn't working and if the redhead isn't working, you can't have that scene. It doesn't make any sense. Most of the audio doesn't make sense. So those figures, um, we, we will work on, on site and we, we do try to keep them up as best as possible. But do you shut those? Say again. Do you shut the ride down? Right. Yeah. That that does happen. Yeah. If there's a show critical figure that goes down, they will call a status where the ride will close. So sometimes those those times when you're in the park and you walk up and they say, "Oh, Indy's closed right now. Um, the rolling boulder is you know going to cause you some trouble." So we, we're keeping everybody <laughs> out of the ride. Right. You know that, that it's a show critical figure that needs to be looked at or a vehicle or something that really you know the guests can't be exposed to. How often do you do PMs on those uh, show critical pieces? Um, the, those local teams that I referred oh, okay. to, those those maintenance guys, okay. they do that weekly. They're in a constant cycle of getting into that stuff. Um, for our group, we go out weekly, I would say, and you know, walk the rides, and we also ride them so that sometimes there are problems that aren't going to be evident to a guest, and so mm-hmm. we have to kind of balance our workload with what someone can actually see. Okay. Um, mm. to make sure that, you know, that particular problem is something that we'll see to in a week or two because it's not actually affecting the show yet right. or maybe ever, you know, but we kind of do it just because we want things sound and, and looking good from our end. Yeah. When you have to replace a skin, if it's not something you can repair on site. Do you have, I don't know, a mold of every, of every, uh, you know, animatronic or how, how do you, how do you, how do you craft a, the skin for a random thing that is torn or then you can't rep- repair? Yeah, that um, if it's a skin, those typically are things that are very well taken care of and, and we can kind of um, get a duplicate. Um, sometimes in the case of props and things like that, we'll have to make them uh, one-off um, a few years back. There was a this funny little flute in uh, Small World that had broken and we didn't have any kind of replacement for it. So I had to even call up like archival pictures of and just make it or the, actually the key in the mouth of the dog in the jail, right? Pirates. 
Uh, it's nice that you guys know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm not familiar. Um, I don't know. That's Autopia, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we, uh, a while back, you know, we were working on that figure and decided that, you know, we kind of wanted to go back as close to original as we could get. So we were watching old, you know, one wonderful world of Disney or world of color or, wow. or whatever and it was that's that your, and that's episode. Your job. I know. That's your What's job. That? That's your job is to dig through Disneyland history. He's and, officially and, my hero. And repair it. <laughs> it's it's a lot of fun. That's and, awesome. And then, yeah, there are, in that case, we were looking at that key and saying, what did it look like and how we how can we make it like that again? And, yeah. and then in other cases, um, the Imagineer who sort of looks after our department and makes sure that, you know, we're, we're keeping things the way they should look. Um, I was working with her on – there's a dog on Rivers of America, which – you guys can't see right now because that's close. But also, um, oh, some of the goats in Pirates of the Caribbean and things like that. We'll look at them and go, okay, well, you know, in the world of late 1960s Technicolor, you know, uh, and given the materials that were available at the time, this goat has always been just solid brown or something boring. And we call up some pictures and look at different cool goats or maybe we we say what goats in that era specific to the caribbean Mm -hmm. what breeds exist and you know let's make one look like that oh wow and yeah and so we'll have kind of that more creative side of all right let you know now with the materials available to us how do we do that and and make it look right so so a a guest from the caribbean Caribbean would come and you know maybe and be like I I saw that uh, that goat right near the beach. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that. Yeah, I suppose that happens. But yeah, uh, we just want it to look as good as possible, yeah. and sometimes that means I don't know staying a step ahead or whatever, like the guys were doing back in the sixties, seventies, uh, and on. Are those decisions that you can make on your own, or do you have to pass it through the Imagineer that that is overseeing your shop? We do. There is a, a department. Well, it's a program in Imagineering called Show Quality Services, and and anytime we have a question like that or you know an idea, we do pass it through them, and and they um, will approve of that or not, or yeah. give their guidance. Can I ask you if you've had any ideas that have been rejected and what they are? Is that a weird um, thing to ask? The first that. one that comes to mind is like a really technical thing, so I don't I don't exactly want to go into it. It was okay. it was um something for Splash Mountain, those geese that are in the bog as you go through, but um more on the the outsides of the figure um Offhand, I can't think of something. I'll let you know. Yeah, okay. If you, if you can't answer it, that's okay. We're not trying to get you fired. So. <laughs> Got him. Yeah. Yeah. Roasted yeah. him. <laughs> He's out. So which um, which character um, needs the most attention? Like which one do you see coming to your shop the most because things are going wrong? Um, the the figures are funny because they're these machines, right? right? And they're all they're all following computer controlled commands, and so they're pretty predictable in that way. But or sort of in a more organic fashion, mm-hmm. the failures that happen, you know, you'll have a figure that doesn't have any problems for months, and suddenly it'll need to be seen to like every day for three weeks, <laughs> huh. and then the problem sort of vanishes. 
and you don't hear from them for a year or two. So it's there's no one figure that's that figure. It's more like these sort of weird episodes that happen and, and how the things age over time. And to give you an example of, I don't know, the cycles that these things go through and how often that they're, they're running. Um, when I was first working for animation, we were going through small world and, um, there were, there are these, um, in the, it's like the Asia scene. Mm-hmm. There are these figures with tambourines. Right. And um, we, they said, you need to go out and replace the little bangles on the tambourines. They're just these little – and they're made of stainless steel, right? They're not like brass or whatever would actually be on a tambourine. They're something a little more heavy-duty. Okay. But some of those, the little rod passing through them and, and allows them to shake um, – the rod had worn all the way up through the little bangle, like eaten through it. Or in other cases, the bangle had worn through the rod and broken through the rod. I mean, the the, the metal just kind of rubbing on metal every day, a thousand <laughs> times a day for wow. years. Right. And it's, it's bizarre how these things will wear. So I think that's also why we see problems periodically, you know, and kind of organically. It, it has to do with all these weird uh, the different materials in play and the different kinds of wear that take place on each one. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I don't know. No, no, it's a good answer. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. So breaking away from uh, the day-to-day stuff at the park, how did you get started being uh, working for Disney? Um, what did you do? I, uh, I, you know, I went, I went to college, believe it or not, and um, <laughs> I, I was an art history major. Um, but it got me really close to, I studied a lot of animation in school, mm-hmm. uh, like, you know, drawn animation, that kind of thing. And, um, then when I got out of school, I was just independently doing a lot of model work. And after in art history, studying all of these different time periods and all this different stuff, I really felt like making things. So I, I started doing a little bit of work in, in Hollywood for special effects companies and I was building a lot of models at home for a game company and then eventually brought a portfolio of stuff to Disney and um, was hired by an entertainment art group. So they, they make a lot of uh, props for the shows and parades. We also would make models of new parade floats before they built them. Wow. Uh, that group also did all of the the overlay for Haunted Mansion Holiday. So when they put all the Nightmare Before Christmas stuff in there, they would make most of that stuff. And I got to make a lot of those things. And one year we got to make um, the gingerbread uh, uh, house that they put on the, the table in the yeah. ballrooms. Yeah, yeah. And I got to we, – we had a design that that was – that was given to us by the entertainment designers, but they said, you know, we want to animate this thing. What do you think we can do? And so kind of based on what we had there in the shop, I designed all the movement for that thing and, and we built it all, you know, I, I kind of built all the movements and, and even the show control for it. And after that I was like, I, I love animated figures. I want to do animated figures. Oh, really? Yeah, so when an opening came up in the animation department, I applied for it and, and thankfully got accepted to that. So you were at, so you were at home making models. What were you making models just of of what were you making models for? A, a lot of um, 
scenic stuff. The a lot of the models were for a, a game company called Games Workshop, and they do a lot of these. Um, they're games that are played with like toy soldiers that you build and paint, and then you play the game on these big scenic tables, almost like a imagine like a train set or something like that. Okay. Um, and so I was making a lot of that stuff. Um, so there were some futuristic things and some fantasy castles and things like that. Yeah. So if you think Disneyland where you have kind of this wide range of themes, it, it, it worked for that. Yeah, it sounds like it was perfect. Yeah. Perfect training, being a giant nerd. <laughs> yes. I, yeah, sometimes I think about, like, how did I get where I am? And it's kind of like being good at nothing else, you know? <laughs> yeah, tell me about I, it. Right. I didn't leave my uh, my options open. But, yeah, not to say that I'm not happy. It's just sort of like I, I wouldn't know how to tell someone how to do this. Just get really into it. And, you know, even these days with 3D printing and all these things that are, are starting to affect our even the old figures, um, you know, those are some things that I would encourage somebody to get into and, and pursue because um, they're going to have a big effect on what we do. 3D modeling and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, 3D okay. modeling and printing. Um, yeah, because you guys are, are starting to, to do that now. I know we were lucky enough to, to tour through uh, Imagineering. Mm-hmm. I think I can say that, yeah. And um, they're talking a lot about 3D printing being kind of the future. That's what they're 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 doing to replace parts that go down or even just to build them and ship them over because otherwise you have you have molds of these of these uh, character heads that aren't you know silicone or whatever and how do you store all that stuff but now you can just print them out in 15 hours and there you go yeah which which yeah i mean you're kind of talking about it from a cost savings angle which yeah. is true yeah but also like it that then frees you up to make each of those figures really individual and really interesting right <laughs> we oh, want okay. the best show possible so if we're held back because of cost constraints, then you guys don't get, you know, that really cool. Uh, I was about to say something I shouldn't say. <laughs> um, uh, Rivers of America. Yay. Yes. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, these figures that we, we really want to do, you know, push boundaries and um, stay up with the times, even in the older figures. Some of uh, Florida got a new auctioneer that incorporates a bunch of technology that's, that's in our Lincoln figure, which was one of the first figures that had a lot of this electric motor technology in it. So they're kind of learning as they go. And even with some of the older stuff, you know, retrofitting it with these newer technologies to enhance what that figure can do. It's crazy. Yeah, I like it's it, exciting. Yeah, Sometimes it is exciting. It's scary, and I think like I'm an old man. How am I going to keep up? <laughs> yeah. Well, can you speak on that a little bit? How are you keeping up? Are you are you studying uh, 3D modeling and trying to just keep up with all the whippersnappers? Or yes, what are you doing? I mean uh, trying. Yeah, trying to stay abreast as, as well as I can. Um, given that these kids are, you know hatching out of college knowing all the stuff that I don't know which is frightening but um you know the the other way that the other advantages that I think that I have are are that you know we know how these things behave over time yeah so for instance recently we got some 3D printed parts for an older figure and they had a lot of like sharp edges on them and things that maybe in in the 3D environment looked really good and crisp and and accurate yeah. but then you get them in the the real world and it's like no no no, no. these are going to saw through that skin in minutes wow so i think there is like a tactile um 
element to this that, um, you know, I, I still can kind of look at something and say, okay, add, we're going to need to add some attachment points there or put the zipper here and not there and that's too sharp and things like that. You're so smart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I've just been, yeah, I've been with this stuff for a long time now and it's, I don't know, they're, they're like your little kids. You don't want them to get hurt. <laughs> do you feel that? Do you have a sense of attachment? I do, yeah. yeah. To some figures, like, I really have a sense of pride in them. And even though, you know, in a lot of cases we didn't build them, um, you've gotten to know them over a period of time and you want to see them sort of succeed, as it were, or not. <laughs> uh, one, one figure that uh, holds a place in my heart is the the Indiana Jones at the gate. There's that, that figure where mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, he's holding that those big doors closed. Yeah. yeah. Um, Imagineering decided to to redesign that figure um, a number of years back. This is maybe three, four, or five years ago. I, I don't keep track of that kind of thing. But um, <laughs> they they decided to change its pose so that he's sort of like you know holding his shoulder against the door, and and they thought that looked like a stronger pose and a little more sort of action packed. Or yeah, because uh, otherwise uh, the other one was his back. His he was back pushing. Was he was pushing against it with his back. Yeah, right, yeah, okay. we used to make you know, kind of derogatory bathroom yes. comments. About exactly. It. <laughs> yeah. He was straining. Yes. yes. Right. right. Um, so, and it's cool that, you know, we kind of had that oversight and that input. And uh, on that project, I got to do a lot of the figure finishing work of how we were going to change that body and adapt that. And um, that was when Tony Baxter was one of the big creative directors at Imagineering. So it was the first time I met him and he would come in for these reviews and, and give us all these really, um, kind of meta notes of feedback. And he's like, you know, I want you to try to force like these, like if you look at Greek sculpture and you look at the drapery of the clothing and, and how they're straining almost not only against into what they're doing, but against their clothes and all this action is really reinforcing that pose. And it's really realistic, but kind of a heightened realism. Yeah. Um, you know, you start to see things in a totally different way. And so that, that figure, I learned a ton on that one and I, I still really like it. Um, so yeah, that's one that I will drop by and make sure he's doing all right. You know, <laughs> check up on him. <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Matt, it seemed like, uh, you get a lot of kind of, uh, on the job training to kind of keep yourself going, but do you get to do additional special projects or get to kind of do something else to keep yourself going? Um, I know that the Iron Man, uh, build was one of those things, but are there other special projects you get to do on a regular basis? Um, you know, not regularly. Uh, what I'll t- try to do in in the regular job is kind of look for reoccurring problems that we might be able to fix in a, a new and different way and and then test and see if that holds up a little bit longer. But there have also been special things that have come along. Like I think we talked about this before that we that I worked on the animated windows for the 60th anniversary. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I'm in private. I don't know if we talked about it on the show because I don't, yeah, I I don't, know, if we're, I don't know if right. we're allowed to or not. Um, but yeah, I was um, uh, sort of borrowed from my department and worked for Imagineering off and on for, you know, if you add it all up, it was almost a full year. Wow. Um, cool. And we designed and built those animated windows and I got to do it was a fun opportunity for me because when you're working 
for Imagineering, things aren't as union-based. So I got to work outside my, you know, my plasterer gig and do some paint and some mechanical and uh, and some show programming and animation. So it was a much broader uh, role, and I, I had a ton of fun doing that. Um, so and then there, say again. Oh, so walking down Main Street, the the new animated windows. That's you. I mean, not all you, but but you you helped do that. Yeah, kind of me stuff. and I, I don't know if you counted about probably fifty other people, but <laughs> I, I I did do a lot of the the figure animation in those windows. So anytime, it, you know, they they have these amazing scene changes where the whole set and scene that you're looking at changes. Yeah, a a more talented fellow than me was doing those, but he <laughs> he saw some other work that I'd done and called me in to help with the the simpler, you know. Uh, uh, figure animated movements. But if you look at, you know, Princess and the Frog and you have Tiana and Naveen dancing on the deck of the ship, I did that and I was really nice. proud of that. And, so you know, when, like when, individual little movements that you go, oh, great, we got a lot out of that, you know. Yeah, when you say animating these things, what do you what do you mean? Are you talking about little, like, kinetic movements inside or, or how they're actually standing and, and, and the placement and such? Well, we, in the in those instances, we you know the the scenes from each movie had already been sort of chosen from from on high from from Imagineering, okay. and then um, we would sit with them. We built models of them, and we kind of talked about you know what what could this character be doing or, or how in some cases it was like how many motors do we have available of us? How, how many movements can we do? Um, and, and in some cases it was. You know, I don't care. We'll get the motors. Do whatever you want. And in another case, it was it was see what you can get out of what's available, um, and which meant building more complicated mechanisms to get more than one function out of one motor or actuator. Oh, geez. So yeah, it was it was a a lot of fun. And and every day, you know, you you drive. I'd be driving to work. Like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this and this and this. And you'd be driving home, going, okay, tomorrow <laughs> I'm gonna do that and that. We should try to do this. You know, it was a lot of fun having your brain, you know, stimulated like that all the time. In, I, in a different way, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 It was it was a lot of a lot of fun work. It's a lot of trial and error. In that that specifically, but I guess you know overall, I don't know. I yeah. I mean, you know. Uh, research and development maybe is a cooler way to say it, but yeah, yeah. There's, <laughs> no, there's I like that. the more the more uh, you know uh, downputting word of, of trial and error. <laughs> no, I, yeah, that you would you would try stuff and um, I, you know, there's one mechanism that I built in the animated windows that that it ha- has has an amazing bit of movement to it, and after a while, it was clear it wasn't going to hold up. Yeah. Like I I I overextended the motors and what we were doing. So um, we kind of dialed it back a little bit, and that was a little bit of a bummer, but we do have to look at these things in, you know, how long they'll hold up and how much money it will take and how many people and all that. So we, you know, you try to be as responsible as you can about the decisions you make. And, and you know, as I've even read about the old Imagineers, some of them had an attitude that, you know, I am an artist. I'm going to do whatever I want, and I don't care what it takes to maintain it. <laughs> and other Imagineers had the attitude of going out and talking to the people in maintenance, which you know my department is a maintenance department, and mm. saying, you know, 
what do you guys see? What do you experience? And trying to really give the, whatever they created the best shelf life possible. Cause it's, it, you know, if you go through an attraction when it's brand new and it looks awesome, and then you go back the next time after telling all your friends how great it is and it's not running the same way. Yeah. You know, it's, it's almost even worse than if the movement or the show was maybe slightly dialed back or a little safer or something like that. And, you know, like I said before, they're always trying to plus things as much as possible and get as much out of them as possible. But we've got to know that, that the park can maintain it. That's that balance. you got to find that balance. Yeah. All right, let's get serious for a second. How's Star Wars Land going? What can we expect? What's new? Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Come on, tell us. I prepared myself for this question. So I, I know as had. much as you guys do from, like, the top floor of the parking structure. Yeah. Uh, you know, I haven't looked at any of the websites that are out there, but whatever you're seeing is what I see. Our, the building I work out of is very close to that site. Um, and so I will say this, that when you walk out the door – and there's suddenly nothing between you and Thunder Mountain Railroad. Like you can just see exactly wow. you know, all the way over to it. They are clearing a huge area. And I, th- I think this is public knowledge <laughs> that like they're – I think the Star Wars site is 14 acres. Yeah. yeah and if you want something to compare to, I think that Cars Land, which is so immersive and so cool, is five Oh. oh wow! Yes! Yeah. Wow! I yeah. thought it was. I, I didn't realize than that. that. Yeah, I I heard those actual numbers once, and my memory's not awesome, but I do think Star Wars is pushing three times the size of cars. Wow! Cars That's crazy. So, I can't imagine how that can fit there. We have to build yeah. a. That seems a life, so insane. Well, a, a lot of a lot of groups had to move off site. Um, yeah. I wouldn't uh. be surprised if eventually our group has to drive in from off-site and, you know, do what we do remotely. Um, so the since space in Anaheim is so limited, but they need capacity so bad, you know, you guys were, were talking about, it was a feedback thing, someone talking about how crowded the park was. Yeah. You know, Disney's very well aware of this, and they want a more comfortable experience. They want more space. And I think that's also why... I saw a lot of people speculating that Toontown might go away for Star Wars Land. Yeah, and I think <laughs> that's been happening forever, though. Yeah. Right. I yeah. think the reason, you know, they they can't back down on space at all. They need as much capacity as possible because they don't want you guys in huge lines and and feeling <laughs> super crowded. Right. 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 Um, so uh, yeah, it they're pulling out all the stops, even backstage. It's a totally different landscape, actually. One of the my my I have a wife and two kids and I work in a button factory, but um, <laughs> they, they've only seen where I work like twice because it's very hard to get them back there. But one of the more recent uh, visits was because they were about to clear all of these shops backstage and they wanted you know all of the people who worked on that side to be able to bring their families over and see it. Well, that's cool. And um, I was working on the windows at that time and so we were on that side so they invited us to come and now my my son the other day was asking me oh yeah i remember when we did that and i said yeah it's crazy all those b buildings are gone you know that all this little mind say again did it blow his little mind no no how did it blow um, my mind man jeez yeah, yeah. Well, some of these buildings, we um, for a while our department was in kind of a temporary place, and we were in this old roundhouse where they would keep the um, uh, the uh, what do you call them? Trains 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it's a hard I word. knew working there, even though it was super uncomfortable and old and super hot in the summer, um, that like Walt had walked around in this building. He was super into trains. This is where they have the, housed the trains. Even in the floor, in the concrete, there were train tracks, and they had just concreted right up to them. And and it was like, oh, my gosh, these old buildings that are kind of part of the blood and guts of the park, all that stuff is, is gone now, which seems sad. You guys never would have saw it, so it's it's probably only in kind of a sentimental way. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I'm excited to see what they're going to do. But it is it is weird, you know, if from a backstage perspective to have all this stuff suddenly gone. It's got to be. It's got to be, man. And and that's what you love about the park. And we've had conversations about this before. You're you're a Disneyland lover, maybe not a, a, a giant Disney from a brand standpoint of, of knowing everything and, and trying to keep up with, you know, all the different tentacles that, <laughs> that that name is in, right? But as from a park standpoint, that's that's your jam. That's your thing. Yeah, I really dig it. And, like, the more that my job has gotten me into that history aspect, uh, you know, I, I, I think that nostalgia can kind of be a problem when you're – when you're trying to design something new, if you're like, oh, I really – sorry, Terrence, I'm about to throw you under the bus. But, like, I really <laughs> love the people mover. And the Imagineers, yeah, Imagineers uh, talk about, um, you know, people are always asking for us to bring back the people mover. Yes, please. But, um, and we will. It's called the Terrence mover now. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, the, the same people that were telling me this said that you know what if you got out there in the years before we took down the people mover no one was on it no you're right about that you so are. you know why spend the resources to maintain this thing that nobody's writing and why deprive yourself of something new and more exciting that you could do um so it's funny when you let your own nostalgia kind of inform things you know you you might get led astray to what you really like you, and yeah that that was something kind of I was learning while we were working on the windows and all that, because um, I was always a, you know, in high school I had an annual pass and we would go and even do our homework at the park. But those windows, I would always stop by and check those out. Um, anyways, I I just meant to say that, yeah, you, I I think that when you look at the history of the park and these things, it's important not to get too attached to the past. But look at these artists and these designers and say, you know, what did they do right? And then also how were they limited by their day and the materials that were available and all that? And kind of what can we do now? Well, you know, and, that's even better. and that's a good point. That's, that's something to really keep in mind, especially for especially for us on the show, especially for me. I won't talk about anybody else. But, uh, you know, I, you know, we're here to, to entertain people, but also to express our opinions. And I think it's it's easy to kind of bag on the new stuff because it's not the old stuff but like you said if you you know, look, talk to people who were writing the people mover before it was gone nobody was writing it you can't talk to them because there was nobody on it <laughs> but but there's there is that nostalgia thing and and it's i think it's tough especially right now for any hardcore disneyland fan uh the park is going through so many different changes so much is is happening in the park that it's kind of your head is spinning a little bit trying to figure out what's what's going on what happened to the park that you remember 
But the park that you remember isn't necessarily what the park that your kids remember or that your parents remember, right. and it's it's all changing. And, and uh, I don't know. I think it's a really good point. It's to to really keep that in mind. I I need to take some of that advice. Calm yeah, down a little I, bit. I think I'm a, a guilty of that as well. That when I think about what was like the golden age of Disneyland, right? If I if I think to myself what that was, and then I think about when that was, I go, oh. I was, you know, eight or nine years old. My family had just moved from Oklahoma, and it was the first time I went to the park. Right. It was when it had that, you know, the biggest impact. That's what I want Disneyland to be for the rest of forever for everyone, no matter, you know? Yeah. Totally. But I realize, you know, there's a lot of cool technologies that are in the park now that I really love that didn't exist then and and that, that weren't available, so... Yay, progress. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. Another good point. Yet another good point. I'm pointing at all of you now. So what is up with Marvel Land? What's happening? What's going on there? Give us the scoop, dude. What's happening? I don't know a thing. <laughs> Why not? No, I don't know anything. I really don't. You have to understand, my position... Um, yeah, is not privy to such details. Okay. You need to get better at eavesdropping. Can you point us to the people who know? <laughs> is that possible? I know nothing. Yeah. We have a question from the chat room. Oh, nice. Um, Lulu Gumshoe wants to know, do you have a favorite figure that you like to work on? Um, all pneumatic and electric figures. Um, not hydraulic. They're right. they're uh, ickier to work on. Um <laughs> No, I um, I don't think I have a favorite figure. I should probably, huh? <laughs> we'll say that Indy at the Gate story. I'll go back to that. All right, that's, that's your favorite. But the Indy, the Indy that. Oh no, I have a I have a favorite figure. Okay. Okay. I haven't go for it. This story yet, which is um, a while back when they were work, doing all that work that you guys love so much on Club Thirty Three. <laughs> um, they, uh, I, my mind immediately went to that vulture in the trophy room. Yeah. Um, that you all know and love. Mm-hmm. And I immediately started asking everyone, like, what's happening to the trophy room? What's happening to that figure? Because that, that figure was this thing that the idea was Walt would, you know, put a bunch of guests into the trophy room and then he had microphones in there right, to where right. he could hear them and he would excuse himself and go out and this animatronic vulture would start talking to them, but it would be Walt, you know, puppeteering and doing the voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And while Walt, you know, was never in Club 33, you know, that was kind of this awesome, like, connection to all this history. And I kept asking them what would happen to that figure because it never really got used. It was always just there, static, and I was worried that it would just be discarded or something. And so really late in the game, they came to me and they said, we're going to put the Vulture in Club 33, but we need to make a copy of – this is going to get a little weird – of its (laughs) – its the skin on its face because it's deteriorating and we want it to be working. And so they brought me in and I looked at it and I said, um, this thing is in really bad shape and it looks like it was a copy of something that was in really bad shape. Why don't we sculpt a new one and, and give it some, some life, some character, you know? And they said, well, that's interesting because we've recorded some audio of kind of this English butler character. So that's a great idea. We'd love for him to have more of a face. And so I got to sculpt that figure and oh, wow. make, you know, manufacture the whole skin and the whole thing. And so, you know, what's in there is something that I actually got to make the the face of, which is really cool. That's awesome. That's great, man. You're the, the, the 
the bastion of history. So when I come down there in October, you have to take me into Club 33 so I can see that vulture. <laughs> I I made a lot of that thing in my living room with uh. my kids watching. They've never been able to see it because I can't get in there. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, Matt, you've you've given us a lot of time, a lot to think about, also, yeah. um, and uh, we're gonna have to let you go. But I want to have you back on. Because there's Let's a lot of other stuff I want to talk to you about, uh, feathering birds and tiki room, uh, yeah. just a lot of this like other little creature maintenance that I don't know. I think it'd be really cool to to talk about. Uh, but before I let you go, we do have our guest questions, our ears up seven questions that we ask every person that we interview. Oh dear. And you're no different. Are you ready for this? I should have studied up. <laughs> you should. have. Yeah, you should have. You'll be great at it. Don't worry about it. Okay. You ready? Mm. What's your favorite Disney attraction? Haunted Mansion. What's your least favorite Disney attraction? Autopia. Pie-eyed Mickey or round-eyed Mickey? Is round, uh, pie-eyed like the old school one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I like the older one. Sorry. No, I, I like it, too. Don't apologize. Don't apologize. It's your opinion. Um, I like how I ask that question like it means everything. <laughs> right. <I know. laughs> it's like, I'm going to really learn about your soul. All of the judgment is on this question. <laughs> right now. Uh, what old ride should they bring back to the parks? Can't say people mover. Well, maybe yes, you can. You can. Yeah, know, I've already can. burned the people mover. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's see. Old ru- Midget Autopia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what current ride should they remove? Oh. <laughs> yeah, Autopia. <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be a real stinker. I would love to know what other people have said. Winnie the Pooh. Um, oh, you. Oh. I'm flying through the park in my mind. Does DCA yeah. count? Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, sure. Um, All of it. No, not the entirety of DCA. <laughs> All right. No helping Matt here. I'm yeah. It would be, I, I don't know. Maybe something in Bugs Land. I, I, yeah. Um, I love them all. How about that? I love them all. No. <laughs> no. no, that's not, that's not an answer. Some. What yeah. current ride should they remove? Only because there's so much potential and I hope there's a lot of things coming. And no, this is not some kind of weird spoiler or or hint. But uh, I'd like to see maybe monsters. I think uh, I think we we should see <laughs> some things. All right. <laughs> and I actually think all the speculation on that is wrong. By the way, but I agree I, with I, you. I, and we talked about say, it. We talked about it on the last show. So we you can you can delve into it a little bit that they're that they're replacing it. Terrence thinks he has people who who know better. I, I think it's all. I think it's all. Uh, uh, yeah, different flag for the things. I I absolutely know nothing about this, but I'll go back to my previous point about um, Toontown, which is capacity. I don't think you get rid of an attraction when you're trying to expand. I agree. Right? So. Uh, I would be shocked and amazed if and, that happened. And that's what that was my point to you, Terrence. Like that's a ton of space no. to be to be to be just taken up with a show building that will hold a fraction of the amount of people who can even just mill around that area. I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. I got sources. Yeah. Uh I got sources. Uh who is your favorite Disney character? Matthew. Um 
in the expanded Disney universe after we've bought all these franchises? <laughs> yeah. Sure. Okay. This is a deep cut, but okay. it's so true. All right. Um, uh, Lucasfilm, uh, back in the early 90s, had a game company. Yes. Um, oh boy! Super deep cut. Wow. Yeah, and they had a series. It was all original stuff, and it was called Monkey Island. Yes. yes. Okay. And um, Ron Gilbert, the guy who created Monkey Island, was really inspired by you know Pirates of the Caribbean, to where you know there's even like a jail scene where he has this little gag where a dog walks in with a key and stuff like that. So he was definitely tipping the hat to Pirates of the Caribbean. But now, since I'm a huge fan of those games, now when I go and watch the pair. Pirates of the Caribbean movies and that stuff, I swear they are biting Ron Gilbert and Monkey <laughs> Island. And now Disney owns Monkey Island, and I don't know that they know that, but they do. <laughs> um, and there's the, the the character who's the bad guy in the franchise. His name is Captain LeChuck. He's a zombie ghost pirate. Ring any bells from uh, the first Pirates of the Caribbean mm-hmm. movie? Mm-hmm. But um, – he looks a whole lot like the well captain in Pirates of the Caribbean, the one, hmm. you know, dunking the guy in the well. He's like a big fat version of that. Yeah. Um, and that, if I can have that as my favorite Disney character, that's that is a deep <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Damn, girl. Wow. Good. All right. And finally, Matt, if you could travel back in time and meet Walt Disney, what would you tell him? Uh, I really like your work. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I'd talk to that guy about. I think I'd rather listen, you know? Mm. Ah. I, I think he was like a brilliant uh, uh, artist, but also a, like a crazy gifted director and manager of a bunch of nut job, you know, artists. <laughs> and he knew how to put the right people together and he knew how to put the wrong people together to where they would fight it out and the, the coolest work would come out of it. You know, hmm. uh, that, that's kind of what's scary about that guy. Wow. I, I want to know about that. <laughs> Look at you, Matt. Good, Good answer. answer. Yeah. All right, dude. And we're going to let you split. Do you have anybody else have anything for Matt? Nope. Okay. Plopper wants to know if you still walk around with eyeballs in your pocket. Sometimes. Only when you guys do. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Matt. We'll let you go. Go back to your family. Have a good time. Thank you, guys. uh, It was good to finally talk to you on the air. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Us too, man. And uh, we'll have to have you back on. Awesome. All right, buddy. All right. Take care. All right. Bye, Matt. Bye. That was cool. Yeah. Yeah. I like that guy. I really like him. Yeah. Always a pleasure. Yeah. All right. A lot, of, a lot of good information too. Oh yeah, a lot of good information, and it's hard to it's hard to manage. And that was one of the things I've always been afraid of with that interview is where do you go with it? Yeah, there's so many directions that you can where go with it. Not. And we've talked about getting him on. I think within the first year that we started doing the show, and I was like, I just I don't think I could handle that interview. There's too much. There's too much to talk about. It's surprising that there's so much that we can talk about that he can talk about. You yeah. know, there's a lot of questions where I'll write it out and I'm like, oh, no, 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 I can't ask that question. Yeah. But there's so much that he knows just about what, what seems like things that we would never even think about riding through a ride. And it's mm-hmm. so interesting what he has to do. Yeah. Yes? I just realized I had a question for him that I forgot to ask. What, what was it? I just wanted to know if working at Disneyland ruined the magic for him at all. I don't think I, it did. It doesn't sound like it at all. Should we call him back? No. No. He doesn't know how to work Skype. Well, let's see if he does. Don's going to pick up. Let's see if he does. Let him go to sleep. He okay. works at 3 in the morning. It's Friday. It's Friday. Uh, Don oh, doesn't sound like that. No, I know. It's true. Uh, He's actually kind of sweet. But that's a great question. Yeah. Yeah. Good Good job I was on the ball there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
we're Skyping right now. It's really interesting. Yeah, the Skype is ringing. It's funny because he's happen. using his wife's account, so I see his wife's face like <laughs> like blinking at me. Like, she's pretty. <laughs> nah, he's not going to answer. That's a good, that was a good question. A good I know. Question. I'm sorry. Should we call him on the phone? Say save it for now, too. <laughs> not on, on yourself. On. Oh, okay, I see you. Look up the number. We're going to call yeah. him back. All right. All right. All right. But save that somewhere in your head. She gone. She gone. <laughs> <laughs> save what? I don't understand. Wait, what? Huh? <laughs> All right, let's do the fact of the show, and let's get out of here. Uh, for those of you listening live and in the chat room, we're going to take about a 10-minute break, and then we'll be back on with another show. Uh, and if you're listening on the podcast, you know, just fast forward, or you got to wait. What's happening? I hear music. No, I don't. Okay. Okay, here we go. Fact of the show, and then we're out of here. Uh, see, and the, the problem with the fact of the show is I'm trying to be as, as uh, precise as possible with them as far as writing them down and keeping track. Uh, but I, and I think I've done this one, but I'm not entirely you. sure. Okay. Not all of the ghosts in the Haunted Mansion have names, but one does for sure. As you enter the Grand Hall, the plump ghost that can be seen swinging from the chandelier is called Pickwick. Have I done this one? Yeah. I have? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. But if it makes you feel any better, I didn't remember his name was Pickwick. That's <laughs> <laughs> fine. Don't worry about it. And he was the only one of the only two ghosts that were mentioned specifically yes. in Imagineering and the others, Madame Leo. Yeah. I've done that one? Yeah. Oh. God. It's fine. I didn't remember. I knew one day I would have to repeat myself. (laughs) Ugh. Whatever. I guarantee you the next one for the next show I haven't done because I just found it like an hour before the show. (laughs) All right. (laughs) All right, everyone. Thanks for sticking with us. Greg, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Pleasure to see you as always. Um, And uh, everyone else, um, I don't know, go to our website. Do things. Uh, Tell your friends about us. We we want more listeners, man, for sure. And not, not people in Russia. We get a lot of spammers from Russia. Like, if you look at our Google logs, <laughs> right? tons of people. And, like, oh, yeah, Russia. Okay, right, sure. If, if you're a real person in Russia, you're feel free to listen, okay? If you're a real person <laughs> in Russia, I would love you to email me, jason at earsup-podcast.com, <laughs> because I know, and I, I'll look up, like, the IP address, and I'll look up where it's from, and it's all, like, known spam. Right. Dear sir. Yeah. <laughs> I have opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. I am calling. <laughs> I am sick in hospital and need you to contract $9 million from my bank. <laughs> but you know what I mean? And I don't know what these people are doing. I don't know why like just spammers like are pulling in content. I don't know. I don't understand it, but uh, it makes our numbers look good, so why not? Yeah, good. <laughs> but I went and banned them all, so we'll see. We'll get like eight downloads next month. It'll be great. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, all right, thanks for sticking with us, everyone. Uh, we'll see you later, and we'll see you in the parks.